The grand finale, here it comes. The adventures of Don John Raskin. Get ready, sit down, buckle up, and my god. If you've got any gold fillings, suck them into your gullet and swallow them, because who knows what you're going to need when this is over. We've come face to face with the creature that's making these miners disappear. And now, what is it that's not only causing us to have these phantasmagorial hallucinations, but also to question the very reality itself? The Adventures of Don John, Episode 9, the grand finale. Here it is! So you break off from this conversation with Camembert and you like lose this arrow and it, it, it sails true. Like it, it lands like right, like next to this beacon, this fleshy mass next to it. And it like recoils slightly, like in shock and surprise more than anything else. And like, you can see that Camembert reacts like very similarly. And she's like, oh, and she like, like recoils in the exact same way. And as you do this, like one of these like fleshy appendages hanging down from the ceiling, like quickly, like with like almost supernatural speed that like, comes around, like wraps itself around you. Ah, oh, shit. And Camembert says, uh, wait, why? why? Why would you do that? She says, uh, how could you possibly be happier on on the road in the, in, in the, in the filth and the muck? And not with me. And she'll like gesture to these dwarves all around and says, they all chose home. And like, they didn't, they didn't choose flesh wall. We could and never I choose flesh wall either. We could never <laughs> fuck in that well. There's not enough room. <laughs> we tried that kind of thing before and it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and like, like as you guys are saying this, like this look of profound disappointment comes across her face. That was the uh, that was the look you had then too. <laughs> this is a fucking deja vu situation. Um, yeah. So this tentacle like sort of wraps itself tighter and tighter around you, and it's not like whisking you away or like squeezing you to death, but like it's got you like uh, thoroughly entwined in it. And, uh, John, John is half aroused by the situation, but it's not. It's still, it's still fighting. Um, and like as that's happening, um, Isignoma, like uh, you see, like it's not making any pretense anymore. They just like materialize, like in a puff of, like uh, in a, like an almost instantaneous puff, like right behind Camembert. Like two members of your tribe, one old, one young, and the old one says. Um, if you could turn back time, wouldn't you? I don't know, but I can. <laughs> and, and it says that uh, you can, like, here at home, and and like it like gestures to like the ceiling. It says home can make that happen. See, you call this home, you know. We're down in a cave. You know, there's dwarves stuck in flesh walls. There's giant tentacles. There's nothing about that that's living in harmony with the environment. This is some sort of weird parasite, and you're dead. So the whole issue is moot. And, and they'll say, uh, you're so petulant. You always were. While they're talking to me, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have this weird tin whistle. Let's see what happens when I blow up this tin whistle. Are you going to do that? Yeah. Like, just talking over and through them. I'm talking to Silas and Don John, and I'm like, 
Oh yeah, I forgot. I have this weird tin whistle. Okay. Let's see what happens when I blow this tin whistle. So yeah. you take out this tin whistle, like at the end of this, like, like this um, rebuff to them. This whistle. I'm not getting caught in their glamour. Okay. I've been I've been very cynical about it throughout, and I'm yeah, just for sure. Now, Trevor, what if they spelled that word with a U? Oh, I hope they do. Okay, sorry. I, uh, I thought I was really going to throw you for a loop with that one. Or a, or a loop L-O-U. L-O-U. Whoa. A loop guru? Are we talking about fancy werewolves? Yeah, fancy werewolves. A werewolf with a monocle. So, like at the end of this, re at the end of this rejoinder, you take out this whistle that has like this company logo like engraved on it, and you blow. And everyone can I? Can I we have to say that the logo, the part where you blow on, is the yeah. very it's for sure the tip part. of the of the perfect Dorvin penis. Okay. And you yeah, blow for sure. <laughs> and you wait a few seconds. Everyone waits a few seconds because it's just so unexpected. Even the tentacles like stop moving. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing happens. Cool. Right. Are the are the apparitions still talking at me? They're like stunned by this response, but then they start like like sort of talks. They start initiating conversation with you again, like trying to convince you, being like, "Oh, you know, like uh, I know it looks like this, but like um, uh, once you accept what they've accepted, and they start going on, Silas, I have throwing knives. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. You do, and they're gonna come into play, no doubt. Yeah. Silas, as this is happening around you, uh, you like you're like taking in this scene, and you realize, looking at this well, that this well is glowing and fizzing for a reason. And it's no ordinary water, obviously, but like it's like absolutely, um, it's absolutely brimming with magic. And like some of these tentacles, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but like a few of these tentacles that you guys have seen, like. Like sort of like dip in this well, like when they sort of like make their rounds around, and like they like they like try and like they like soak in it for a minute, and they they go on their way. Uh, and Silas, you recognize this is a place of power, like a specific thing that like you like are been trained to recognize, and you know that like you as a wizard, if you have the opportunity, uh, can use a place like this to basically make magic of a of a of a degree that's essentially like wishing on a genie. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So like, that's what you uh, recognize like from the get-go. Why don't you also <laughs> roll a spout lore roll and see if you can see anything else. Six. Plus your intelligence modifier. Plus intelligence, so eight. All right. So with an eight, so it seems like a pretty safe bet to you like recognizing this for what it is that like this must come into play for why this creature is so powerful uh like it, it's not coincidence that's here over a place of power and you already know as a wizard that like you have the training to like manipulate these things under the right circumstances if you choose these things being the tentacles no these things being like places of like intense magical power got it Okay. So kind of harnessing that for my own. Okay. Create a magical effect. So if I wanted to say, draw on this power and I don't know, 
aim for some of the tentacles or even the beak itself? So, essentially what you'd be doing is, like, your move is called Ritual. It's Mm -hmm. in your book. Like, if you wanted to use this place of power for something specific, you would essentially be like, that's what I want to do. And, like, you'll have to determine what the cost is. And if you can overcome that cost, you can ask it to do one thing of basically whatever you want. What does it look like when you, like, spy this, like, um, this reservoir of magical power? Like, how do you interact with it? I mean... I picture myself kind of like looking over the side and it's like bubbling and fizzing underneath. I, and this is just in my imagination, there's kind of like a vapor and I feel like it kind of wafts to me. Like it kind of is drawn to me. I'm kind of like inhaling it and it's it's got like a life to it. Like I can sense it and I, we're kind of attracted to each other, sort of. That would definitely track. All right, so... Yeah, like you see, like Isignoma arguing with uh, his tribe's members, and you see uh, Don John like caught up with his tentacle, and Cam Bear like pleading with him to see reason. And you walk over to this well, and these vapors sort of like recognize your presence as like a fellow magic user, and they sort of like uh, start surrounding you. Um, and as you start doing that, uh, Cam Bear says to Don John. You were as stubborn as they come, Dunjon. Uh, maybe that's why I liked you. But uh, if you're going to be too stubborn to feel happiness, then there's nothing more I can do for you. And how does Kevin Bear fight? She's a bear. Uh, maybe she's maybe does when she, she like says this, bear. Yeah, maybe when she says this, she's in Rebel Wilson form, and so I imagine she's just Rebel Wilson, but like six foot ten, um, and. Then when she says this, she just kind of like hunches forward and then becomes a full bear and like a giant like Kodiak grizzly bear and like lunges at whatever she's attacking. Which would sadly be you. It's like, like, well, this is hardly fair. (laughs) And and he's wrapped up in a tentacle. And almost like with perfect synchronicity, like... Uh, these people, these these two tribe members who are trying to like argue with you, Isignoma, like change tack instantly and to say that you are an outcast for a reason, mm-hmm. and says, uh, and an outcast you will remain. And one of them uh, like takes out an axe, and the other like readies his hands like as if to cast a spell. Don John, what do you do? Well, he's wrapped up in this tentacle, right? That's an added problem. The tentacle isn't doing anything right now, but it's it's entwined around your waist. Okay, so I can do other things, but the tentacle is wrapped around me. It sure is. Hmm. And you're out of arrows. I am out of arrows. I think he'll struggle to pull out his machete and okay. um, struggle my way out of this thing. Okay, so you want to get free, presumably to not be like a sitting duck. Yeah. All right. I had Go some ahead. I had some other options that were more mechanically specific, but it, it just makes sense that he does that. Go for it. Go ahead and do a hack and slash for me. Okay, so you think it's a hack and slash? You don't? I was wondering if it was oh, a hack you know what? You're or totally right. danger with strength to like fight his way out of it. Uh no, you know what? That actually makes even more sense. So defy I'm, danger strength. I'm I'm fine to deal damage to this thing. Uh yeah, they're so they're they're practically interchangeable. Well, I got a, I got a ten, so it's pretty good. All right, yeah. All right, you're gonna get the best of both worlds. So, 
Uh, you're going to be very successful insofar as, like, you can slash this thing. It, like, loosens its grip on you, and you're able to avoid, like, Camembert's initial charge. I think he, I think he, like, um, one of his arms is pinned, and it's the arm that's nearest the machete that's kind of, like, on his belt. And he wiggles himself in a way where he can get it pulled up. And he, like, um, forearm pinned to his chest, but with his, like, wrist on the thing, he's able to push the machete and then grossly wiggle himself to the point where he can get enough of it there and then push it where he can gash into this tentacle and it, like, releases him and he kind of flops out. And, uh, yeah, maybe Camembert, um, maybe he just, like, pushes the rest of the part of the tentacle like onto like at Cammon Bear and she like hits hits it's it, like, it like, bounces off her face. Yeah, like it just kinda it's just yeah, it's just Jackie Chan throwing a mop at a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that as you do this, like you, you hear like a like a, a low like moan from like way above you at the roof of this place as you like hack at this tentacle and you like dodge free of it. Isagnoma. Oh, I think I think he just yells like, um, "This thing doesn't have the grit for it. This thing doesn't have a grit at all." And he like looks at a uh, Cameron Bear, and, and her her beady bear eyes show none of the affection that you'd previously you would have expected to see in Cameron Bear's eyes as they like trained on you. Isagnoma, what's your plan? So um, you've got these two tribe members. One seems to be readying a spell. The other is taken out like, um, like a, like a, an axe. Well, I want to, you know, give myself a little bit of space and then uh, chuck throwing knives at them. All right, sounds like a volley to me. All right, it's eight, uh, ten if it's plus dex. Yep. All cool. right. Um, cool. So, what's your damage as a thief? I think for I, a thief, it's a d6. It's no, it's a d8. I thought I had written it down, but I'm looking at it in the book. It's a d8. Okay, there you go. Cool. way better. Do you want me to roll a d8 for you? Sure thing. Eight. Holy shit. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Okay. All right. So, describe to me how you go from not being in combat to throwing a knife so badassly that this person drops dead. Well, I see them getting up to their old tricks, you know? Not old tricks, but doing the, th- the stuff they're doing. Begin conjuring and, and pulling the axe out or whatever. And I sort of, uh, you know, dash back a step, pull from, you know, a sheath about my waist. One of these, um, you know, bone scrimshod throwing knives and I just kind of backwards you know cool guy chuck it at the uh the the conjurer and you know hit him in the neck or something <laughs> okay yeah you no know, whatever I'm sorry if I can call the shot then casual stab then in it, the neck yeah, yeah. Then it, you know pulverizes his carotid artery and just blood sprays <laughs> everywhere and he's he goes from chanting to like choking on his own gurgling blood. Oh yeah, this is the end all dripping to the ground, and then his <laughs> body just flops bonelessly, still to the earth. Love it. 
and the, and, the then, fight... and then we and then we see a we see a letter that arrives to his uh, his with his his wife, and she's like, "Oh, Frank, my heart," and she <laughs> dies too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bloodline curse. Yeah. <laughs> I each near relative that's informed. That's that's, that's that's the medieval version of Drake's song. It's a bloodline curse. <laughs> Yeah, the melody because, like, that's the whole point of a parody. The, the, the bloodline curse. Uh, they, there you the, go. The curse you. <laughs> now yeah. I got it. See, now we're on the same page. Um, it sounds like a baby dragon, it all works together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this this other tri- species, species of uh, <laughs> worm, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> this this second tribe member like sees you do this and it's just like appalled and just says, uh, you were the death of our tribe once. Uh you're not content with that. I don't doubt you will. But let's cut away to uh Silas. So Silas, you're like taking the scene and the last thing you see before like this all breaks into chaos is like the mists of this well like rising up around you and sort of like, encom- like uh, enveloping you in an almost like sentient way. Mm-hmm. And uh, you quickly lose sight of everything except for this mist. And it like, it like plays in front of your like your face and then it recedes. But as it recedes, you're definitely not where you were before. Like in a few sentences, what was that? What was the last thing you remember when you last saw Lex? Ooh, when I last saw her. Yeah, you. so you mentioned that she fell into something and that was the last time you saw her. Like, What was that like? What was that about? It wasn't so much... There was this giant, like, chasm that opened up. We were at the shore. Mm-hmm. It's a giant kind of chasm that opened up, and she, um, you know, being an adventurer and kind of an explorer... We, I, I was a little bit more cautious, but she kind of went over to look into it to see what the deal was and ended up being either falling or being sucked into it. And those, that was the last, those were the last moments that I saw her. She's been gone since. And it wasn't like anybody pushed her in. And as far as you know, there wasn't like any sort of like foul play, but it was like something about this chasm, either she fell or got sucked. But you didn't expect it to happen, but she like fell in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you find yourself back at that exact scene, and like you're looking around, and you see like this exact chasm opened up right before you, and just in front of you, within arm's reach, is Lex, and she's looking over, and you've played the scene over in your mind many times, and she's like peering into the chasm, and you know this is just before the exact moment when she falls in, never to be seen again. Okay. So she's right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I go to to reach my hand out or like to call out for her, but I don't want to startle her. I don't want her to fall in again. And I go to reach out for her to grab her to keep her from falling over the edge again. Okay. Kind of so you, catch her. And you like try and stop her from like being sucked into this thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, roll your uh, defy danger with Dex. Five. Uh, six. Sorry. Ooh, okay. Could I could I suggest a help s- situation? You roll a six, right? 
I she rolled yes. a six, yeah. Absolutely, go for it. So maybe as she's reaching down to do this, she's reaching down to help, uh, to reach for Lex, and um, she hears Don John screaming, you don't have a grit, you don't have a grit at all! And it like reminds her of Lex, and like, like Lex's strength. Hmm. Unless maybe Lex wasn't strong, and you're like, this person shouldn't have that, and then maybe could still help. But like, like maybe like those things like yelled by Don John like about his situation like have some resonance within this. Okay. And make her think like, or I'm sorry, make um, make Silas think like, oh wait a minute. Sure. So like maybe you hear this, and does it influence you in some way, where it's like it maybe either like reminds you of reality or reminds you to like um like like of your like own tenacity or something like that i'm sorry You're i just good. i just burped right in my wife's face <laughs> woof like yeah. roll damage hey, I, right, roll yeah, damage right. right. <laughs> yeah defy that danger that was an involuntary move sorry. By the i way. thought I'm i was sorry. i thought i was projecting it this way but it, it did got everywhere um yeah Wait, so... gas goes places yeah so I maybe hearing that it would kind of like bring me back. Like I keep getting kind of sucked into these, but I do want to like something reminds me to like keep my what's the word sanity or like presence of mind. You want to do like lucid dreaming like, in the vision. Yeah. Some, yes. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. No. Exactly. So Don John, roll your help roll. All right. Come on, baby. <laughs> No, nothing. You got a four. You got a four. Okay. So you just hear, you don't have those tits. You don't have those tits at all. Instead of grit. So like you, um, so you see like Lex like peering over like way too in, uh, uncarefully, because that's definitely a word, down mm -hmm. this chasm and you hear like Don John saying these things and you like, you know what's about to happen. But like, you like go to reach for it and almost like in a bad dream like you just can't move fast enough no matter what you do mm. and like she loses her footing and she falls and she's gone and like a few moments pass uh of her like having left and you feel the exact same thing you felt the last time this happened and then from and then you hear like just to your side like right in your ear she said you hear lex saying um you could have stopped this, but you didn't. And you, and she says, uh, you could stop it again right now, and you won't. Lex the Catholic ghost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Lex would ever guilt me like that. I know her. And she would never want me to feel that badly about something. You won't need these, uh, these paper-thin justifications and you like if you turn and look at her, like she looks just like the Lex you remember. Uh, what was at the bottom of this chasm? Did you look? I didn't look. All right, it was definitely lava, as any good chasm ought to be. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, and like she's like covered, like she's got this like, uh, she's like all these burns on her, and like she's still like an Anakin Skywalker. Oh my yeah. god! You're my You're brother. brother. <laughs> yeah. And she's still dripping magma and lava from her. And like half of her has been burned away, and she says, um, uh, "I gave you a chance uh, to make this right, 
your justifications don't change what happened. And she like lifts her hands and she sees she has and you I guess you didn't see it, but like they're the same dagger she had attacking this like sentry before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember ever ever using like weapons before, but she definitely has them now. She says, uh, you were no real friend of mine. If you were, this wouldn't be happening. And she goes to attack you. Oh, geez. All right. I want to defend myself and like kind of hold my hands up to like stop her from harming me. But then I also definitely want to take a hit or two at her. Kind of knock her away from me. Okay. So. Ooh. Are you more committed to hurting her or just defending yourself? Defending myself. You could stand in defense of yourself. I was looking at that, but it says defense of a person. Does that mean myself? Yeah, you're a person. Oh, okay. Yeah, it should probably just be a hack and slash. I'm just gonna move. do you're, hack and slash. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're better at that than the other thing. Okay. Sorry. I'm hack and slashing. Okay, so you like see her going to like attack you with these weapons, and you like attack back essentially. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What do you got? A seven. Okay. Sorry. You added your strength. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's just eight. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So like, you see that what's about to happen, and you, how do you inflict physical damage as a wizard? Like, what's your go-to there? I have a staff. Um, if we're talking about like a physical, Mm -hmm. like actual weapon, I have a staff, and I think in this case I'd probably be using that. Um. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, like, she, like, she goes and she stabs you, like, with these twin daggers. And just as she does, you, like, bat her away with your staff. And she takes, like, a blow to the head and she falls over. So take, um, all right, it's three. I take three damage? Yep. So, yeah, so she, like, gets you fairly good before you can bat her away. And, like, she's definitely been, like, you, you definitely hit her in the head for sure. But you've been stabbed as well. That hurts. Okay. Uh, so you guys, Don John, Isignoma, like, to your vision, Silas is just, like, standing, like, stock still, like, with these mists, like, enveloping her whole body, or his, his whole body, their whole body. Um, and uh, Don John, um, you are now free of the tentacles. What's ah. your camel ah. bear coming at you? <laughs> um... Okay, um, I think Don John realizes. Hmm. How far away is he from Silas? Not far at all. You like sort of okay. dodged out of the way, but not at all far. I think he's just gonna say like, "You gotta spit whatever's up in that. You gotta spit whatever's in that well up at this thing and drown it." And uh, he's gonna stand in defense of Silas rather than um, try to just keep fighting people. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. So you, like, go to, like, stay on guard for, for Silas. And uh, the, the perhaps forgotten Walsh is uh, seeing all this go down. I certainly didn't forget about him at all. <clears throat> Wink. Um, he's just been charging up. Yeah, he's been charging up his limit break. And, uh... 
the, oh. the, spirit, the spirit bomb that he has, uh, Dragon Ball Z style, is like going to destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, you like you notice that like he's actually like deep in like a heated like almost like um like like a very like heated like argument with this like tall uh pale thin woman with gray hair and you recognize her as Doreen Bidrenel and he's like he's like pleading with her for something and he's like at the foot of these stairs that you guys have come up and he's like completely engrossed in this and Don, Don John will just say like like it wasn't gonna work out man come on just keep going let's let, let's get this shit done <laughs> um he's like Noma What's your game plan? You've killed the the purported sorcerer of, of this duo, and the, the the guy with the axe is now like gathered himself, and he's like about to swing at you. I mean, I'd like to I'd like to dodge back again and fling another throwing knife at them at him. All right, your go-to move. Let's see what you got. It's my go-to move. Ah, uh-huh, I rolled a three, so that's five. That's a bad roll. I did, a bad, I did a bad job. Mm-hmm. All right. So this guy is, is keen to your tricks at this point. And before you can, like, get your hand out to throw this thing, he, like, hits you in that arm with his axe. Oh. Um, and uh, you... I'll go ahead and roll for you, because it's one of those impossible die roll numbers. You take seven damage. Ooh. Well, six, because I have armor, right? Six, because you have armor. Cool. Yeah, he like he he gets you real good right in that arm. Um, yeah, and he, he's he's on top of you. It's gonna be hard for me to do arm stuff. It's gonna be hard for you to do arm stuff. Silas, uh, back at at your scene, which is completely different from what everyone else is seeing, at the edge of this yeah. like chasm, which definitely has lava at the bottom of it, and it's oh, maybe man. even spitting lava in a very dramatic fashion. Um, <clears throat> uh, Lex like gets up, like shakes her head, and, and she's making to come at you again. Oh, jeez, come on. Okay. Now, did I? I'm sorry, I've already go forgotten. for it. Did I make my defense roll? You did. Oh, I don't think you rolled that. Go ahead, roll that. So. This way I can make it just in case. That's a a great call. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Was it a great call, though? So it's... It's not... It's a failure. (laughs) All right. So you, you, like, get this inkling that Silas needs help or, like, could really use some assistance, and you your heart's in the right place, but you have no clue how to do that. This is like fucking Scatman Carruthers in the Shining movie where he's like, I know you need help, boy. And he shows up and Jack Nicholson just shoves an axe in his chest. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So so yeah, Don John's like, like, don't worry, I can help you out. And I think just Cam and Bear just absolutely just (laughs) obliterates him. (laughs) So Silas, you you had previously felt the presence of Don John like sort of like near you and like comforting you. Don't and worry. Now, go ahead. Uh, he's just saying like, don't worry, we got this. 
You gotta take the stuff down in there, and you gotta shove it in this squid's fucking eye. You got this thing. And that's the last you feel of them. Now all you can feel is like the intense hatred that this version of Lex seems to have for you. you it's very scat. sad. And I smell bear scat, okay. So, You're uh, one connecting to the real world. Bear scat. Ew. It's the one thing keeping me grounded. Yeah. So I, she's covered in lava. She comes at me again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not cool. Can I still, like, am I in the well? Like, where my. So, like, as far as you can tell, your whole reality is encompassed by this scene of you at the, at the edge of this, of, uh, the edge of this chasm that you recognize from your memories. Um, okay. None of the previous scenery with the well is at all within an eyeshot of you. Okay. And you have, like, so, I'll, I'll go on, like, you know mm -hmm. that, like, as a wizard, like, from your training, that, like, this is for sure a combined product of, yes, it's the visions again, mm -hmm. but like um, the vision is is defending it's something. Like you, basically if you can like defeat the vision like in this contest of, in this contest, like you will have, the well will be yours to control. Got it. Okay. So I've got to defeat her. Okay. So... I mean, the staff obviously didn't work super duper well because she's still here. So I'm going to use magic. Okay. It's going well for you so far. What kind of magic are we looking That's at? That's true, yeah. What kind of spells do you have memorized? Do you know? You can blast her with a magic missile. You can blast her with fireball. I, I would do... say magic missile might be the better way to go. But I you can turn I... yourself invisible. Oh, yeah. Uh, fireball might be good if you're willing to hurt yourself, possibly. Well, it says everyone nearby, so how close is everyone? So uh, if I fireball, I don't want to hurt Donjon or Isignoma. It's hard for you to tell the answer to that question, just because, like, from what your senses are telling you, you're alone. Okay. That was my, that was my initial thought. So it's a mighty ball of flame. You want to just like fireball the hell out of, the, out of her? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Go for it. Okay. Where's the. Oh, yeah. All right. Eight. Plus intelligence would be two. Oh, that's plus intelligence? Okay. Oof. It's a hell 10. Yeah. Okay, so how about you describe to me what does the perfect fireball look like? For someone who's about to close in the melee range and like got you. Okay. Perfect fireball is it starts kind of small. I think of it as like kind of like a snowball, like when you're rolling like a snowball down a hill and it like kind of starts small and it's like this perfect sphere of light and then it starts to get bigger and bigger with like more like rapid, uh, intense, like whipping flames everywhere until it's probably bigger than, I don't know, my torso. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of have it like I'm thinking like an Avatar: The Lost Airbender kind of thing right now, and it's oh, kind of like, I love spinning it. around like in front of me, and it's like I'm kind of holding like a force field around it, but I haven't released it yet. But it's it grows and it's kind of like uh, pulsating, sort of, with this like core of like light and fire. 
And so, like, you're, you've got this, like, thing, like, pulsating and growing in your hands. Mm-hmm. And Lex is about to finish closing the distance. And when you release it, roll your damage, 2d6. Do you have the red fire or the blue fire? Is that somewhere on my sheet, or do I just decide? It's more of a Zuko versus Azula thing. My, oh, my uh, first initial thought was red fire. That's but, what I was uh, picturing, you know. Yeah. I am... Uh, Team Zuko. Okay, so I have a 10. Ooh, t- 10 out of your 2d6? Hell yeah, okay. Um, okay, great. So you unleash this thing just as she, like, leaps to, like, try and drive these daggers home in your chest, and, and like, it just blasts her, like, far from you. Uh, and even though she was already, like, dripping this, like, lava and magma, like, you can see that, like, like not to be macabre, like, pieces of her have, like, just, like, disintegrated as she, like, gets blasted off. And, like, she, like, lands, like, maybe, like, ten yards from you, and she, like, struck. She's, like, still moving, but she's, like, struggling to get up. And, like, one of her arms is clearly, like, um, has dropped its dagger and the other is just, like trying to like get her back on her feet, mm-hmm. um, and as she's like trying to get back up, she she says like, um, "I don't understand. Isn't this what you want? Don't you want to be with me?" Of course I do, but not if you're going to. I want things to be the way that they were. And if they can't be like that, then this isn't what I want. She says, almost piteously, she says, but this is the best I can do. And I'm sorry. I have a mission to finish. Okay. So, Isangnoma... Wait, who did I do before you? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be Don John. It'd be Don John? Okay. Uh, Don John, uh, you're like trying to like defend Silas as well, and Camembert remains unscathed and like she looks at you with her beady bare eyes and and she um she charges with her with her razor maw open bare eyes yeah and so he's um he's just absolutely um leonardo dicaprio remnanted uh like he's just getting the shit beaten out of him by a bear and he's like oh fuck oh right god damn my like he keeps trying to fight back um, and he's fighting back to the best of a human's ability, but a bear is beating the shit out of him. Okay. How does that play into your defense role or do you get to roll a new one? What do you think? Well, remember, I, well, remember I had failed it. So, Oh yes. That's, that's okay. why. Yeah. He's just absolutely, um, yeah. He's just beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. You are for sure getting the shit, baby. You take 12 damage. <laughs> Oh, good. That's what I wanted. Damn. Now, yeah, yeah, he. Yeah, he, he's just like, oh, oh God. And yeah, and you just see claws like rip into his back. And um, yeah, he's just making a bunch of uh, cartoon noises that are almost. They're just Australian versions of. Ooh, ah, ee, oh, ah, ooh, ooh, ee, ooh. Yeah, and she's just going to town on you. Like this is this is the side of Camembert. You hope you never have to be on the receiving end of. I mean, yeah, I Don assume. John, Don John's having a hard time because he's also slightly aroused at the situation, <laughs> and he's like, he keeps having to like uh, be like, uh. All right, Isignoma, 
you've just been slashed pretty bad on the on one of your throwing arms by this uh, vision of a, like a, a young warrior from your tribe. And seeing his success, he goes in for your neck. Like he's trying to get the kill shot on you. Well, I was hoping to um, whip out my special rapier and like get in his guard and skewer him up real good. Okay. So maybe it sounds kind of like a, you're contesting him with like a hack and slash, like yep. kill him before he kills you. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Not enough. That's a five. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. So two things happen. One, like you go and try and like get under his guard and like mm-hmm. try and get him. Uh, and that goes very poorly. Yeah. So roll. Um, let's see if I can find this. Uh, nope, you don't have that die. One second. Okay, you take uh, four more damage. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, it's not good either, but... Um, yeah. And, uh, and like, you barely register this at like the edge of your senses, but like you hear like... Uh, as you're getting like slashed, you hear like like almost like a mechanical like rustling, like a, a mechanical like um, beating from the far end of the temple. Okay. Well, All right. Uh, Silas. Uh, mm-hmm. You are now looking at like at Lex, and she's just just managed to get back on her feet, and she is not looking good at all. Um. What's your game plan? Like she she goes to close the distance with you, but it's not nearly as urgent as it was before. Like she wants to do horrible harm to you. She's relatively far off and not moving very fast. This is a thing where like you think I can defeat her with like another attack? From your estimation, it wouldn't be hard at all. Okay, I can do that. I mean I can go back to a regular. Cast a spell. I guess just do like magic missile. Just like try to knock her out. Okay, go for it. Okay, nine. Plus two for intelligence. Oh, eleven. Oh man! All right, go ahead and roll that damage. Two d four. So seven. Plenty. Okay. So, as she goes to close the distance with you, with like with like malice in her eyes that you never saw there in real life, uh, you like unleash your missiles one more time. And they tear into her, and she falls. And as she falls, uh, your vision like obscures, like it like goes like misty again. And. Uh, and now, like when when you come to again, you're looking like straight into this. Like, actually, your your head is like in the water of this well, and you know that if you like choose to enact a ritual before you like take your head out of the water again, you can use the magic of this place to like embed it to your will. Cool. So I do want to do that. 
I would like to, what I'm trying to achieve is I'd like to draw on the power to cast a spell. I don't know if it's fireball or magic. Just, just It's just like a spell that I know, right? Or is it just anything that I'm trying to achieve? It's literally whatever you want. So okay. like essentially the idea with ritual is like it's hard to do, but once you've achieved it, name what you want to have happen. And like we'll discuss like how it happens. It's like a wishing lamp. Okay. So, I mean, ultimately, it seems like I'm in a good position to use the power of this to defeat whatever the octopus or tentacled monster is. Uh, kind of go for the beak area. So, um, I would want to harness this power and project something up towards that to hit it right in the center and hopefully kill it or harm it enough that we can defeat it. Okay. So you, you basically want to use the power of this place to just, like, straight up body this thing. Absolutely. Okay. So, like, you, like, transmit, like, this, like, wish to this, uh, to this, like, magic source. Don John, what's your, like, what's your health looking like as a percentage of, like, are you about to die? He's got five of 17 health hit points. All right. Here's the he, thing. He's doing rough. He's, a, he's in a rough bear. shape. He's like, uh, Again, he's very Leonardo DiCaprio uh, in Remnant. Camembert is still going at it. Like, yeah, she, there's there's a scene where she like grabs him and bites into his back, and like kind of shakes him around, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" and like flops over. So you know that you're like on your last legs here, and she's not gonna stop. What do you do, Harold? Uh, Go, go help Silas however you can. I don't know, go piss in that well or whatever. It's probably that. Okay, so it sounds like you're still trying to like defend Silas. Yeah. Even as this is happening to you. Yeah. Kemmer just keeps thrashing away. Like Harold jumps off you and like scampers around the edge of this well. And, uh, Camembert just keeps going at it, and you can I, feel yourself like dying. I, I realize I have, I have one more hit point because Harold's armor uh, helps me, but, but not much. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, and he, Her, uh, Don John just clearly expects to die in this situation, and he's just thinking about Camembert and how he's like, like. Uh, he's thinking of like his real experiences with Cam and Bear, and um, it's just, <laughs> again, just visions of him hanging out with Rebel Wilson and them like at a beach, them um, uh, at a picnic, them sixty nineing, like that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, and like your vision is going black. And these are the things you remember as you feel like Harold like scamper off you and like make his way around as well. Yeah, it's just, it's just a vision of Don John's face like with a butt over his face, like it's just fading to black. Isignoma, um, you know that like from what's just happened, like uh, you just got slashed, like right, like a uh, like across mm -hmm. the, the neck, and sure. like you you're well aware like from the traditions of your tribe that like that slash is invariably followed by a slash to the gut that ends it. And he goes in to do exactly that. Um, I'm going to do my best to defend that. 
All right, it sounds like another one more hack and slash for me. Six. Silas, do you think you might have a, a way to justify a help roll here? Sure. Or Harold. Actually, either one of you could work. Harold, Harold might actually make might make more Harold. sense. Harold, you want to run, run up in there? Yeah, maybe in route, Harold uh, gets involved. It's cute. I'm down. Come on, Harold. Do I roll my... Uh, yeah, your own stats, yeah. That's a nine. Okay, so how does Harold turn this from a death blow into something less fatal? He literally just on the way to Silas, like runs over this person's like leg, and um, and you hear and is like like get out of the way, buddy. And this person gets slightly distracted, and um, like pivots or turns away from it. All right, so. So like, you see like this, like you recognize this is the customary second move of the two move combo coming in. This rat comes by, Harold comes by and like turns the blade at the last second by distraction. And as it misses you, um, you hear that like mechanical, like flapping from the other side of the temple coming. And if you look, you see that like, it's, it's those, the birds. it's the birds, it's the birds because oh. there are mechanical canaries. And having blown, you make the connection finally that like having blown this like this tin whistle with the company whistle on it, the company logo on it, they respond to that. Nice. And you see them flying in, but way more importantly than that, just as these birds are flying into this temple, the sentry bot crashes through the wall and its arms out, like chasing these birds. They're like, like trying to get to these like these like flitting like mechanical birds and like reaching for them uh and it's just like wreaking absolute havoc like in this chamber like trying to get to these things nice. um and like as it does that uh and the blade gets turned away from you uh silas why don't you why don't you take us home here by describing what is it that exactly that you do about this ritual that just ruins this creature's day all right so i would actually like to some I'm, I'm going back to avatar i want to summon i want to actually like manipulate the waters themselves mm -hmm. into the shape of some kind of weapon um i'm thinking like it, it, it in my head it looks like some kind of weird harpoon like a weird mm -hmm. giant like kind of an arrow so it's kind of alive with this magic. It's sort of like uh, sparkling and kind of got its own mind to it, but now I can manipulate it. So I've got it, I'm moving my hands around and it's growing kind of like the fireball bigger and bigger. And I take it, aim it above my head, like at the angle, at that very center at the top of the pyramid. And I take my aim. All right. And whatever aim you're taking, it's gonna work. So are you like hefting this harpoon at it? This like watery, like magic harpoon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you like the well itself, like hoist this harpoon at it with your own aim, like guiding it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and, maybe it, it's, and maybe it's a bigger deal because it's it's the life force that was involved in this well. That, so like that water 
he said without any accent, um, that water is like an even bigger deal. Yeah, no, that's what I was like. It's kind of like a twist of ironic fate sort of thing where it's like, I'm taking it now and I'm using it to destroy the squid. I don't know. It does sound squid-like, doesn't it? It sounds like a squid. In my head, it looks like a weird kraken creature, so. That's, that's the general vibe I was feeling, too. Okay. All right. So the uh, kraken. Yeah. So, like, it, for sure, like, not only is it now deprived of, like, its magic source, but, like, it is now used against it. And, like, this, this like, a water harpoon pierces it. And you hear this horrible, like, shriek. And just in that moment, like, that it hits, like, all these lights that are illuminating this temple, like, fizzle and go dark. That were coming from these, like, dwarven bodies. And you still hear, like, this sentry, like, chasing this this flock of mechanical canaries and making its horrible facsimile of human sounds. But other than that, um, you, uh, Silas, feel that you're back in this room feeling all these things happen. Isignoma, this death blow you were expecting to happen never hits. And uh, Camembert is nowhere to be found. And uh, Don John, um, have you ever thought about what would happen if you came across an adventure that was too much for you? And you died? I'm going to say boringly, Never crossed your mind, huh? Never crossed his mind. Never crossed your mind. So yeah, he, he's he's always thought like like every situation, like he's got it. All right. So like things were going dark when you were being attacked by this facsimile of Camembert. Mm-hmm. And when they come up again, you're not facing Camembert, you're facing yourself. And this ver- this this exact copy of you like says to you, says, Oof, I've never looked this bad in my life. I don't know, you're not too bad. Tall, dark, handsome, great hat. Says, I know, those things are all true. And you look like shit. Oh, God. I thought this was a mirror. (laughs) And he says, well, in better times, maybe it would have been. And you'll have to imagine the accent that you so perfectly perform. And he says, um... Imagine the offensive cartoon. (laughs) A continent of people are going, ugh. And he says, uh, I hate to break it to you, mate, but this is the end of the road. Yeah, I've probably seen it coming. End of the road, eh? Well, I guess there's just one more thing to do. And he'll put his hands hands on his hips and look at you and says, hey, what's that? And um, he starts, what is it called when you like do that slapping your body thing? I don't know what that's called. Uh, I don't that, know like, what weird, you're... Z- uh, like. Uh, you're doing a haka. Oh no, I imagine like <laughs> rednecky, like, Zydeco, oh, okay. like slapping your body like, to like music. Like as an instrument? You were saying Zydeco, I thought you were saying like Zulu or something. No. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, th- yeah, it's less cool than that. <laughs> So he starts doing like a, he starts tapping his foot and doing that, like ham boning. Is that the deal? I think that's what it's called. And so he starts tapping his foot and then like slapping his leg and he's like slapping his whole body. And he's like, all right, mate, if we're going, here it comes. And he just is like doing it faster and faster and faster. 
And he's it is hand moaning. Okay. <laughs> Good job. And you, and you look at you, and this this copy of you like shake his head and says, "Um, oh man, I I didn't think we'd go out this easy." <laughs> he's just, and he's just going. Ah! It's getting louder and louder and louder. He says, he's, after, after it keeps getting louder, he says, stop, stop. Listen. All right. If you give up, that's fine. <laughs> he says, there's no one I hate to see die more than me. <laughs> and I finally met my match. And he says, um, aren't you at all afraid? Don't you know what this is? This is it. I'm, I'm death, mate. I'm the last, I'm the last barrier between you and no more adventures. No more Camembert, no more Silas, no more Ising Noma, nothing, no more Harold. And now he's suddenly like a totally different accent. I thought you'd be bigger. He'll, he'll sigh. And he'll says, uh, listen, I've only got one of these. So hear me out. And he says, uh, hold on, wait. When you were a kid, did you fall down on a bicycle accident too? And you only got one of something, and you don't want to discuss what it is? And he'll say, uh, yep, that's me too. Oh, you son of a bitch. All right, I'm in. What's the adventure? He'll say, uh, well, that's the problem. You have to tell me. He'll say, uh, what do you wish you'd done before, you know, me and everlasting nothingness? Well, I've already achieved everything anyone ever could. So, in the end, I guess the only thing I could do is say that I wish, uh, wish some more friends could have come along with me, seeing how great it was. And what he really means by that is, um, that he could have put aside some more of his, um, pride to stay where Camembert was. But the way he like puts it aloud, at least to himself for a while, and then real he might realize it, but like is that like I wish more could more more friends could have come along on the way. And that's that's you're referring to Camembert or friends? He says friends like could come along on the adventure, but really that's what he means, is that Camembert not Camembert even could have come with him, but that he could have put aside some of the adventure to keep her around more. That he could have essentially eschewed some of his own pride to stay there. So he's saying one thing, and in his heart of hearts, making the realization in a different direction. Okay, and and this like uh, copy of you sees right through the 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 words to like the heart of what you're saying, and he'll nod. And he'll say, um, all right, mate, you have one year, one year to make that right. And you know what that is. One year passes, you'll be seeing me again. I'll do it in four months. And he'll like give the same smile you would give to someone in that situation. And you say, uh, I'm counting and he disappears. Do you validate parking? And you like you feel yourself be like falling through like a long tunnel and you like open your eyes 
and Ising Noma and uh, Silas. Okay, so yeah, you guys, you two, um, like the horrible groans of this creature are dying away, and uh, this sentry has finally caught a significant number of these mechanical canaries in its huge arms, in its huge like mechanical hand, and it seems to be sated. And you can see that um, the sentry is doing that, or the tentacle monster is. No, the sentry. It was chasing oh, yeah. like these birds, like it, like when it burst oh. in. Um, and like you guys can see that like a lot of these dwarves that were in these like fleshy pockets of the walls, they've all stopped glowing, and they're all like coming to. Uh, and Don Don also, go ahead. While the sentry is sated, and before everyone wakes up, um. Can I slip on over to it, turn the key, and take the power core? <laughs> uh, I see no reason why not. Yeah, cool. go for it. Um, yeah, so, okay, Silas then. Silas, you are observing this scene of, like, all these dwarves coming to... You see Don John also coming to with his head resting against this well. You see Isagnoma like scurrying over to this this sentry that's on your side and like burrowing into its components to retrieve its life force. Uh, and so yeah, like what's your take on this? Well, my first instinct is to well, I wanna help Don John up. He's he's back, right? Mm. He's he's starting to come back around. Like he's like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, all right, Don John. Uh, uh, the adventure. Mm -hmm. Too much adventure. But I also want to see. I want to go over to the dwarves. Dwarves. Oh yeah, there's all sorts of dwarves like waking up in these fleshy oh. ensconces in the wall, and like they're varying degrees of confused or or even like dismayed that they are no longer where they once were. Yeah. So I want to go to the dwarves and first of all like tell them like uh, and I go and I say hey you've been freed it looks like you've been here for a while you were imprisoned uh, we defeated the creature whatever it was mm -hmm. um, and you're you should you're free you should be free to go back to your homes and go back to where you were every single one of the dwarves you tell this to mm -hmm. has some variation on this response and that is why would you do that? I was so happy. Oh, god damn it. You I, guys. I was home. I was with my my family. Do you like oh my god, do I have to work again? Is it overtime work again? Oh god, how do I go back? I think going back is death. So, I think your only options are to either go back to work or die. But I'm sorry. I thought we were trying to do the right thing. Your families miss you, and there's been a whole hubbub about everyone going missing. Don't you want to see your family again for real? And, like, you just keep getting more and more, like, uh, ingratitude from these dwarves of being, like, I was so happy just five minutes ago. I was home. I, everything was fine. The corporation didn't exist anymore. I stuck it to my foreman when I quit so spectacularly. Um, I think, is is Don John, like, awake enough to hear any of this? Yeah, like, you've come back around at this point. And you're, like, back amongst the land of the living. And he's like, what about... Uh, what about Gretchen? 
what would what would Gretchen say? And he's referencing Gretchen, the most famous prostitute in Thorum Vein. Each of you give me like one or two major things that like what do we end this story on? So like as it is now, like you guys have defeated like this psionic monster. These dwarves have been freed, whether they like it or not. Don John has like dealt with death, has like received a bargain from it. Um, it's like Nemo, you've a, a, like attained a fabulously wealthy, like a fabulously valuable item. Uh, Silas, like you've uh, essentially like achieved every wizard's wet dream in essence. Um, how does this like finish out as far as like you guys and like the, the town and like the corporation, like whatever you want to talk about? So who wants to go first? Um, the dwarves seem pretty, uh, maybe not super pleased to have been directly aided by us in the way that we did. So, um, Isagnoma personally, uh, doesn't see the need to stand around and glad hand with them. Mm -hmm. And I took the power core thing. I sort of plan on one, the three of us are on our way up uh, the elevator back to the surface level, mm -hmm. explaining. I mean, that was part of the problem, right? Was that they had awakened this tech that had gone crazy. So I'm really, in a way, protecting them. Well, like, the thing that made the problems was this creature. The tech was like an errant, like a a misguided attempt by them to like some of them to stop it so well I'm, I'm pulling a grift on my party members yep mm -hmm. yep um, but so that was yeah, my two, two bed two beds with one stone nailed it shredded <laughs> it up yeah um, okay and then of course would want to you know try to negotiate as much of the super high bounty that had been offered to us once we get back to the town. Mm -hmm. But either way, like fast forward a little bit from there and I managed to like fence this thing off mm -hmm. just like an insane amount of cash. And I, you know, set myself up with, Oh, uh... you know what? Hold on. Okay. Before you get past that point. Sure. Why don't you roll your intellect for me? Hmm. That's an eight. So is that minus one? Is your intellect minus one? Okay. Um, so describe to me a way in which you try to sell this wildly valuable thing. It doesn't quite go how you thought it would. Okay. Um, because of its like magical and even sort of like archeological nature, I figured I'd have to go to a bigger market than uh, I'm imagining nearby to go to it. So I go to like some you know, largish, like the nearest, you know, largish city that would have like a mages guild or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, learning institution of the arcane um, and try to fence it there uh, with my thieves savvy, mm -hmm. um, which I imagine I, you know, it causes quite a stir and different, you know, uh, factions, some of them not necessarily on the up and up, try to convince me to sell the thing to them due to its great value. And 
I run a little um, bidding war between them, trying to maximize my profits, which I end up eventually making the sale, but pissing both sides off. And so I am um, always kind of looking over my shoulder because I'm pursued to like varying degrees of intensity by a couple um, wizards that are upset about the whole thing. Silas, how about you? So I'm kind of let down by the mm -hmm. reactions of the, uh, mm -hmm. the dwarves. Kind of, I wasn't in it for the gratitude or the congratulations, but the whole motivating factor was to free these people from like this horrible fate. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little torn. Um, I want them to make it back home just because, like, I'm you know I'm I'm still like a good person. I don't want to just leave them, but. Then, like, with that reaction, I'm just like, I just want to go home. I just want to get back to my life. I want to get back to hanging out, doing my thing. Uh, I really don't have any more emotional ties to this situation. So uh, I want to head head back up to the surface and head back to my... I forgot what my town was called. Uh, I'm not or sure. What, I, I don't know if I ever had a specific home. I know there was a shore there. Um, but I want to get back there. Do you think it'd be accurate to say like this experience has kind of hardened you in some ways then? It definitely has. Um, going into it, I think I was a little bit, you know, Silas was a little bit softer, maybe a little bit more naive, but in this case, it's, you know, a little bit more like I can look out for myself and others, but also understand that like, not everything's as black and white as I thought it would be. I'm like not it. saying these guys suck, but eh, kind of. Reminds me of like a. Do you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like whenever they have like a town meeting, it's like, here, we're trying all these things to help you, and yeah. all the people are saying like, I hate everything because I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I made this in your pottery class. It's terrible. And they're <laughs> yeah. just mad for no reason. No, it's like that, and you're just like, okay. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, you're welcome. There you go. Don John, how about you? Don John, um, when he gets back to the surface and we talk to Bidronel mm -hmm. and kind of get our reward for kind of mm -hmm. solving this and we deal, uh, he, um, oh, they're like, oh, well, how do you want this money? And he, um, he gets some kind of like supplies and that kind of stuff to go on, but then he just takes the rest and like, uh, I feel like prostitute credit and like goes to the local um, brothel and he's like hanging out there for a day or two and then just decides like, like, okay, this isn't quite as fulfilling as I wanted it to be. And um, he sets off and his, his goal is to go find uh Camon bear again and so that's his that's his deal is like he's like off on his next adventure and meanwhile all these uh all these um uh, we'll say it's a fair world and all these prostitutes are like i have how much money left i what wha, what <laughs> nice 
and how much of that is influenced by the knowledge that you have been granted like a bargain by death you have one year to like make it right between you and Kim Bear essentially I think I think I think a lot of it is that um but in his in his head he's like he's like fine I guess I'll move it along give this another shot and meanwhile like the uh the Thorum Vane Prostitute Scholarship Fund is like <laughs> we're all going to college like Aww. kind of a thing awesome There it is, folks, The Adventures of Don John, the grand finale, episode 9 of 9. And now, as we're all sitting back, relaxing, and enjoying a nice cup of mulled wine, I have to tell you this. Every time that you saw the color blue during this, uh, all this show, it wasn't blue. You've been hit in the head with something pretty heavy, and honestly, your mother and I have had to tell you that you're never going to play basketball again. I'm sorry. The Adventures of Don John was dungeon mastered by Carl. Austin played Don John Raskin and Harold the Rat. Alex played Silas and Trevor played Isignoma. This was a hell of an episode because it also included the musical stylings of Lobo Loco with Shadow Man, Earthly Destiny by Sir Cubsworth and Brushed Bells in the Wind by Daniel Birch. Aside from that, you also had a Moor by Calpay and Oblivion by White Sand. Really music-packed episode. What do you think, Harold? I'm not a big music guy. All right, Harold, we, we, we get it, we get it, we get it. We know you like your podcasts, pain in the ass. All right, so... If you could like a subscriber, this or that, whatever it might be, rate, review, blah, blah, blah. I'm making a jerk-off motion, but you can't see it. Because it's an audio format. That's the deal, chum. If you could do any of those things, that'd be fantastic. If you can't, well then, hold on. What's that behind you? Yeah! I've karate chopped you. Now you're at my mercy. Also for you, King by Indigene. He's the world's most handsome man and he likes to eat some jam and he once fell in the can of a giant's bathroom. He wears gator tape around his neck. He's always correct. He's the world's most handsome man. Don John Raskin, not related to Baskin. He's Don John Raskin, the world's most handsome man. Don John Raskin, that rascally Raskin, the rascaliest Raskin, the world's most handsome man. We're gonna take him to the mines. We're gonna take him to the mines. So say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. Kiss him on the way and give him lots of hugs and loves because he's the world's most handsome man. And then that becomes like a chorus and everybody starts singing. World's most handsome man. 
the legend of Don John. He's really a were-rat. <laughs> but we didn't know that. He's a were-rat with a heart of gold. He's gonna mine the mines. Because he loves that gold. He loves bears and orcs and loves all the little random things that we don't know. The legend of Dungeon. Many pockets. <laughs> he was born in a hut. His mother could have been a cat. He loved 